0: Good afternoon to my fellow Yankee fans, and welcome to episode 57 of the Yapping Yankees podcast, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but the Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on this fine Sunday, July 26th. 2020. And now let's get things started by as always, giving our shout out to the Team Left Jab United Radio Network as well as Grunt Talks MLB. First up as always, Team Left Jab. They feature Team Left Jab Uncensored and the Team Left Jab United Radio Network. Be sure to go follow Team Left Jab on all social media platforms at Team Left Jab and check out their great sports content across anywhere that you find podcasts. That includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spotify, Blog Talk Radio, iHeart, you name it, guys. Be sure to check out Team Left Jab. And our other shout-out goes to Grunt Talks MLB. Visit their website, grunttalksmlb.com, to see all of their baseball content and where they feature yapping Yankees. Also follow the main man behind the website on Twitter. His name is Darren and you can find him on Twitter at YankeeReport28. Special thanks to Grunt Talks MLB and Team LeftJab for helping spread the word every week about yapping Yankees. And also guys, as a reminder, be sure to also follow me on all social medias of course. You can find my Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero NY. You can find me on Twitter, which I am most disgustingly active on at Mike Scudero. And you can find me on Instagram at Mike scuds 97. Whew. I always feel like I got to take a deep breath after all that reading, but guys opening day has officially passed us by 2020 baseball has begun. And what a fun last few days it has been having our beautiful and beloved baseball back America's pastime. And I even put out a tweet the other day just saying how amazing it is to have baseball back. Just truly, truly amazing. And truthfully, baseball officially coming back really makes us diehards realize just how much it's been missed these last few months. We know we've missed it to death. I know I've missed it to death. But now officially having it back really gives you true perspective on just how much it was missed through all the chaos these last few months. I mean, this year has just been <laughs> the epitome of a train wreck for most of the world, I think it's safe to say. And it really is just fantastic to have baseball back. Something that can give us excitement, something to look forward to in dark times, and just to enjoy more than almost anything else. That's what baseball's been to me now for so many years, and I know lots of people can relate to what I'm saying, and I'm just thrilled, absolutely ecstatic that it has finally returned. And as we know, for a while, it truly felt like we weren't going to get it this year. Yet, here we are on July 26th, the final week of July, with opening day having passed us on Thursday, or Friday, depending on your team, obviously. If you're the Yankees, Nationals, Dodgers, or Giants, it was Thursday. Everyone else was Friday. But again, here we are on July 26th, with opening day having passed us, and we have baseball back in 2020. Our shortened 60-game sprint, as we've called it. And right here today, on episode 57 of Yapping Yankees, the first episode since opening day this past Thursday, in light of the season officially beginning, so too will be the Yapping Yankees regular season format that we used during last season. As John Sterling says, how do you like that? (laughs) So, it's been a while since we had that format, so let me remind you of what it entails. Basically, the start of the show is more or less the same. I do my little opening spiel here, as I always do. Then we'll get to the poll segment, followed by Yankees news. But during the season, we end on our weekly recap of Yankee games from the past week where we do quick recaps of the past week's games, talk about key moments or talking points from them, and things like that. Then I usually mention the games that'll be happening over the course of the upcoming week as sort of a look ahead, if you will. And that's usually it. So that's the format we'll be taking today and for the remainder of this shortened season, just as we did for last season. But before we get going with the show today, I do have an announcement to make regarding Yapping Yankees. And it may come as a shock because it basically never happens. But next weekend... Next Sunday, for the first time in about nine months, I will be taking the weekend off. Oh boy, there he goes. Don't don't worry, Vader. I'll be back the weekend after. But I must say I do have a good reason and you know I must have good reasoning since I only ever take off basically when I absolutely cannot do the show like there's no Possible way for me to do it. Otherwise, you know I'm here every single Sunday cranking out another episode for all of you, but next weekend I have big family plans on Sunday, and I'm gonna be out the entire day with my family So I cannot record and usually in the past when I can't do Sunday I would try to tape on Saturday just to still get an episode out to all of you and I would do that for next weekend too, but... I have plans on Saturday too, what do you know? (laughs) But yes, I do have plans on Saturday too. I will be at a barbecue at my girlfriend Victoria's family's house for most of the day, so because of this, next weekend is just gonna be jam-packed with family, as you can hear. Between my amazing girlfriend's family on Saturday, and my awesome family on Sunday. Sunday it's my cousin's birthday, so we're just gonna be spending the whole day with them. So I will be taking the weekend off. And I know baseball's only just begun, but hey, it's summer. Lots of plans happen in the summer, and yes, we'll be safe with distancing and the virus and all, but as much as you all know I love doing each and every Sunday, I was kind of overdue to take off anyway. It's been nearly, give or take, nine months straight of a new episode every single weekend, so you best believe I will enjoy a weekend to myself for the first time in a while, but hey... It goes without saying. You know yapping Yankees isn't the only way to hear what I'm talking about or doing. You got my social medias. You know I'm extremely active on Twitter. Talk to me on there. And I also put a good amount of content on Instagram, especially in my stories. You already know this if you've been a fan of mine for a while now. But hey, we get new listeners all the time, so it's always good to put the word out there, right? And I might even go live on Instagram and Twitter again another time or two within the next two weeks. Who knows? For those who closely follow my social medias, you know I've done a couple more lives since the Instagram live I did on the Friday leading up to Yapping Yankees episode 50, and they've just been a blast. That's why I've continued to do them a couple more times. So with that being said, within the next two weeks, I might do it again. Who knows? We shall see. So anyway, that's the announcement. I will be taking next weekend off. And again, it'll be the first time in about nine months that a weekend will pass without a new Yapping Yankees episode. But we'll be right back on track with everything come August 9th, which is two Sundays from now, which will be when the next Yapping Yankees episode comes your way, episode 58. And for the weekly recap in two weeks on August 9th, I'll just go through the final scores for the games coming up this week, since the games coming up this week won't be recapped next weekend, since we'll be off next weekend. And I'll recap the games that'll be played in two weeks a bit more in depth, since the games in two weeks will have just happened. If we discuss two weeks worth of games in depth, I'll be sitting here until Monday morning in two weeks. (laughs) So, come August 9th for the weekly recap. For this upcoming week's games, I'll just go through the final scores, and then we'll regularly recap the games that'll be played in two weeks leading up to the August 9th episode. So that's the plan going forward for the weekly recap and for Yankees news I'll talk about any major pieces of news that surface within the next two weeks. That's the deal boys and girls. I did the same thing when I took a week off during last season at some point in the middle of the year and in a couple of months actually now that I think about it I'll be doing this show for nearly a year and a half already. Sheesh. Time really flies. And also now that I think about it, next weekend will have only been the second or third weekend off despite how crazy my life has been since I started this show well over a year ago now. It's just been so hectic between post-graduation, personal matters, how upside down the world has been this year, and even without all that stuff, I've been damn consistent with this show people, and I'm proud of that. <laughs> That's why it's weird for me to take a weekend off because I never do take any off. I just love doing the show, what can I say? But. But again, that's the plan going forward since I am taking next weekend off, so there will be no yapping Yankees next Sunday, August 2nd. Just keep that in mind. For today's show, however, we've got another fun one ahead of us, as always. We'll talk about the latest in Yankees news from when Tanaka could be officially returning to the Yankees' 30-man roster to start the year, as well as something new for the playoffs that we thought we were done with. After there was no agreement reached between the MLBPA and the MLB owners on the final return-to-play proposal, but the idea for it came back after all, just a day before the season started, and it was then unanimously approved. What do I speak of, you might ask? We'll talk about what this is briefly too later on while we're doing our weekly recap for this past week's action in Yankees games. And then I will bid you farewell after we look at what's ahead in the schedule until I talk to you next two weeks from today on August 9th. And also, little side note, as I'm recording this right now, the rubber game matchup against the Nationals today is just getting underway, so throughout this recording, the game will be going on, and you could be getting some live reactions to anything big that happens in it from me. I'm just giving you fair warning. <laughs> so, without further ado, let's get right into all of it here on this fine Sunday, starting off, as always, with this week's social media poll question. We'll begin on Twitter, as always, and this week's question to you, Is And it actually starts off With a bit more of a statement But then leads to the question So here's the poll John Carlos Stanton had himself a solid opening day. Do you see him continuing this all season long and having a killer year? Now I've asked questions about Stanton in the past, but not exactly like this, especially based off his opening day performance. And of course, as we know, he had himself a very good game last night too, crushing an even bigger home run than he did on opening day. But as we know, last night's game did not happen until the nighttime, 715 Eastern, and this poll goes up earlier in the day. So this question question was put up based off of his opening day performance, but I also should thank Giancarlo Stanton even further for making this poll look even better and more appropriate to ask after also having a killer game last night. So I really, really appreciate him having a great game last night as well. But this question, again, was put up prior to last night's game and solely based off of what he did on opening day. So again, Giancarlo Stanton had himself a solid opening day. Do you see him continuing this all season long and having a killer year? Year. And of course, comment below in the replies on Twitter for a shout out on the podcast, which we will get to momentarily after I give you the poll results. And the results were a landslide. Hundreds of you voted and hundreds of you voted optimistically because the two choices were obviously yes, he will continue this all season long and have a killer year or no, he won't and 86.5% voted for the fact that they think this will continue all season long and Stanton will have a killer season. So a lot of people are feeling really good about Giancarlo Stanton. And only 13.5% of you Twitter voters say that this will not continue all season long and he will not have a killer season. So most of you clearly are very optimistic about Stanton this year. And you'll know from listening to recent past Yapping Yankees episodes that I happen to agree. I'm rooting very, very hard for both Judge and Stanton this year, two guys who have been heavily criticized for being majorly injured these last couple of years. I'm a huge supporter of theirs, and that is not going to stop now, especially not after the way Stanton did on opening day and also last night. And I know it's only two games, I know. Just let me support my boys, huh? (laughs) Just let me do it. So in any event, clearly today we are feeling very optimistic, so let's get right down to those replies here on Twitter. We'll probably read about 15 as we usually do, and then we'll move on to Instagram, and then after that get to some Yankees news, followed by the weekly recap of this past week's action in Yankee games. First up here in the Twitter replies, we have at CP to IA says, as long as he stays healthy, he'll do awesome this year in that lineup. No fans in the stands won't hurt his chances either. (laughs) I mean, maybe it won't. If Nobody's around to boo him. I don't know if that'll have an outcome. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't at Ziggy 89 X says I don't see why not not like he's not capable of being a beast. It's all about health with a new coaching staff. I'm optimistic. Yeah, absolutely. We've spoken about the importance of that new coaching staff. We know that that could definitely make a big difference amongst a lot of Yankee players. And yeah, of course with Stanton, it is all health. It has been for years now. If he's healthy, he's probably going to go out there and kill it. We've spoken about it before. I couldn't agree more. Health is a huge huge chunk of whether Stanton is out there to succeed or not. And it is for anybody because if you're not out there to play, you can't succeed. But yes, even more so with Stanton, health is a very big deal for him. No doubt about that. At FlashRise013 says, it's Stanton time. He's about to prove the haters wrong and reclaim what is rightfully ours. I love the sound of that. That's very poetically put. (laughs) I really like the sound of that. Listen, if he could be one of the front runners on the path to a 28th championship, I will be in my absolute glory with that. So I hope from your lips to God's ears, man, that you are correct. Up next is at Joey underscore cargo and Joey says he's going to benefit from having no fans in the seats He just has to avoid looking at the tabloids if he goes into any kind of slump Hypothetically if he plays great and helps the Yanks win it all by the time the fans are back He'll be loved forever and yeah that I have to agree with I mean if you're a front runner, again as I said earlier If you are a big-time front runner in helping a team get that championship and you are really really the major piece The major difference in a big post postseason run, a big-time difference maker? Baseball is a sport where a lot of your past blunders are mostly forgotten if that happens. Or forgiven, rather. That does happen a lot to a lot of athletes. A lot of people just make their name in October alone. But especially even more so if he's that big piece during the regular season too. Yeah, absolutely. I think he'll be getting big ovations when the fans return. Yeah, I agree with that. And yeah, Joey, you're also not the first person to say that he could very well benefit from there being no fans in the seats. We'll see if that actually makes a difference. It could or it might not. Who knows? At Peace Now for Life says, Mike, I definitely think Stanton is going to have a monster season. I called it when they started intra-squad games. He looks fit and ready to prove himself. Let's go, Yankees. Hell yeah, let's go, Yankees. (laughs) Of course. But yes, as you said, he does look more fit. And I noticed there were a lot of people who also said this in their replies, as you'll hear in just a few minutes. But yeah, he definitely does look thinner. He looks more fit. He looks a lot more muscular as well. He looks really good physically but yeah he showed up to play baseball again when baseball returned he returned looking great and he still looks great now we'll see what happens going forward at laker 477 says yes i do if he stays healthy and i'm optimistic that he will I really think this is going to be his breakout year as a Yankee. Well, as you've been hearing me say, I definitely think it can be too, for many different reasons, one being what Peace Now for Life said, and many others, including myself, have said as well. He showed up and continues to look great physically. The shortened season could aid him with injuries, or he could just be in better shape after the calf injury he dealt with months ago, and after all the time off, he could just be fully healed with any ailment he had, and he could be completely ready to go. And as others have said too, without fans being in the stands, That could make a difference too So yeah If there could be a breakout year It could certainly be this one I agree I do root hard for Stanton Because we know what he's capable of And we've seen it in the last couple of days We've been reminded of that We know what he's capable of And that's why I root for him so hard And that's why I rooted for Paxton so hard Throughout the first half of last year too When he was struggling in a lot of his starts Because I know what he was capable of And then he proved that he's as good as I thought he could be When he turned into the Warrior I knew he was in Game 5 of the ALCS That's why I get frustrated when people who I know are good do bad because I know they're not bad. But listen, we know how much of a game of ups and downs baseball is. It's a part of the routine. But you still get frustrated sometimes. So yes, I know what Stanton's made of and that's why I've rooted for him so hard. And I hope that this year does turn out to be a breakout year for him as a Yankee. At Damn Daniel 22 says yes. If he stays healthy, I think he will finally silence the critics. I think a shortened season is what a lot of these guys needed to prove themselves. Well, yeah, it could be. It certainly did help certain guys to heal from all of their ailments like Judge, Stanton, Hicks, Paxton. And also the shortened schedule could aid in not going through the really long 162-game marathon that often results in a lot of injuries because of how long the season is. It's a long season when the season is a regular length of 162 games, and it's really taxing. And maybe the fact that the season is about two months long this time around, just two months, it could help. I certainly agree, especially for guys like Stanton, for that reason and many others that I just named before. All right, let's keep going. I want to get through as many as possible. Up next, we have at Graham 23 and Tegan says, absolutely, the Bash Bros are going to be back. John Carlo is looking like a lean, mean, home run machine right now, and I feel bad for any team that has to face him. Almost looks like he's back in 2017 form. Well, that would be amazing if he were back in 2017 form. Of course, for those of you who don't remember that, he was still in the Marlins in 2017. That was the year when he hit 59 home runs in that season. Absolutely incredible. And I like that lean, mean, home run machine. He does look like that through the first two days. I don't know what's in store for him today as the game is going on right now. It's scoreless at the moment, and I think he struck out in his first at-bat. But still, he has looked great. We'll see if that can continue today. And yeah, the Bash Bros, Teagan, you know I, just like you, root hard for the both of them. I'm really looking for Judge and Stanton to just stay healthy for the entirety of the next two months and just murder baseballs. Just murder them. At BYankeeFF says, no haters booing him. So, I guess you're saying he will continue to have a killer season because his haters aren't there booing him? Well, yeah, you're not the first to say that. That could have an effect on his season. Who knows? At Mountain Gal 456 my very good friend and huge supporter, Tina, and Tina says, yes, from what I've seen from him so far, he looks different at the plate. He definitely looks much more confident. Yeah, absolutely. Through the first two games, he definitely did. Looked like his plate discipline was better. He looked definitely more confident. He was just murdering those baseballs, and we'll get to this later in the weekly recap, but the first game hit that 459-foot bomb, and when we thought that was a huge home run, he impresses us even more last night in the second game of the season by hitting a 483-foot home run. I mean, my God. So, yeah, he does look more confident at the plate so far, Tina. At Dominic Ruco says, If Stanton remains healthy, I think he's going to have a great year for the Yankees. He looks very comfortable at the plate and his at-bats have been solid. Yes, very similar to what Tina just said. And by the way, Ruco, you have the same last name as Ryan Rucco, who, by the way just over a week ago, followed me on Twitter, which was freaking awesome, because I'm a huge fan of his as a broadcaster, as an aspiring broadcaster myself. I've spoken about how big of a fan I am of Ryan in the past, so it was just really awesome having him follow me, and since your last name, Dominic, is Ruco, I just found it funny, so I just wanted to mention that really quick. Are you related to him? Dominic Ruco? <laughs> That's pretty cool. All right, up next is at Bobby BobbyTats631 says, definitely will have a solid year. The depth on the roster will not put pressure on him or any other player to play hero ball and allow him to just focus and do his thing. Well, yeah, there's obviously a lot of protection in that Yankees lineup. One through nine is very threatening as we know. It has been for years now. So yeah, that could always help things too. Couple more. Up next is at Kiki Crowley and Kiki says, I honestly think the no crowd helps. No booze, no pressure. All right, Kiki, fair enough. As we've heard in these replies, you are not the first to say that. It could have an outcome. Who knows? At Adele Sells NJ says he's going to really benefit from no crowds. All right, another person in the replies saying the fact that there's no crowd should help Stanton. Okay. At Rob Spaulding 3 says when healthy, he's an MVP caliber player. I'll say yes. Of course he is. Agreed. All right, we'll finish off with at Twin Talks Yanks, and they say what was more impressive than his homer was the fastball he took the other way. If he continues to use the whole field, watch out. Yes, I completely agree. That fastball up and away, he just went right with it and stroked it the other way to right field. I absolutely love that. 100% agree. So yes, he definitely becomes even more dangerous when he uses all fields. Absolutely. But as for Twitter, guys, that is all for today with the replies. As always, thank you all for the poll interactions on there. I know there are some of you I didn't get to, but that's usually the deal every week. I try my best to get to as many as possible, just get a lot of replies. But I do read them all my own time, and of course, I try to shout out as many as possible. You guys know that. But before we move on to today's Yankees news, let's head on over to Instagram to see what the poll question did on there as far as results and replies are concerned. Again, here's the statement that leads up to this week's poll question, saying that Giancarlo Stanton had himself a solid opening day. And the question is, do you see him continuing this all season long and having a killer year? And like Twitter, guys... Optimism reigned supreme on Instagram big time. And not only was it another landslide, but the results were very, very similar. 88% of you Instagram voters voted for the choice of yes, that Stanton will continue this all season long and have a killer year. And only 12% of you Instagram voters said that he will not. So again, largely optimistic here on Instagram, as it was on Twitter, and the results were very, very similar. So let's read a couple of replies from Instagram, and then we'll move on to some Yankees news. First up on Instagram is Richard Chin, and he says, he's at two homers through two games and is four for six. So far, we're seeing good things from him, and I think it'll continue. I think it'll continue too, Richard. I agree. And yeah, through the first two games, no doubt. Four for six, two monster home runs. Monster home runs. And he has just looked really good. Then we have my lovely girlfriend at Vic Salimo, and Vic says, I think Stanton had enough time off to get his body right. He's killing it so far, and if he just takes precautions and does what he needs to to stay healthy, I think he's going to be one of the best players this season. Absolutely, and I did mention that before. All the time off because of the pandemic definitely could have helped guys like him and Judge just get their bodies fully healed get them right, and then go out there for a shortened season and kill it for two months. So I completely agree, and I do hope that is what ends up happening. And we know he definitely has that potential to be one of the best players, despite how many great players there are on the Yankees, but he does have that potential. We know that, so I agree all around, Vic. And lastly, we have my amazing mother, Julia Gina Scudero, and she says, he looks great. Slimmed down, not that he needed it, but he seems lighter on his feet and more fluid in his movement too. He looks great at the plate as well. I feel he will do very well till the end. Let's go, Giancarlo. And let's go Yankees. That's a great comment to finish off on, Mom, and I agree all around. We mentioned how great he looks slimmed down, how confident he's looked at the plate, how effective he's been these last two games, and yes, it is a very small sample size, as I said before. There's quite a few games left to go, to say the least, about 58 of them. But we're just going through the first two games, that's all. And the fact of the matter is, through the first two games, he's looked very good, just as I anticipated, and of course, I hope it continues. But yes, Mom, I agree with everything you said. And with that being said, those are this week's replies for the poll. Poll on Twitter and Instagram. As always, I want to thank you guys so much for taking the time to join in on the fun with this week's Yapping Yankees poll. Whether you voted, replied, or both, you know I greatly appreciate all the interactions, guys. And you know the drill if I wasn't able to get to you, just keep on commenting each week, and I will get to your reply on another poll in the future. But let's keep things going right here on episode 57 and get into some Yankees news stories from this past week. Got a few stories for you since last Sunday, and then we'll do our Yankees weekly recap of everything that took place games-wise since last Sunday, from the final scores of the exhibition games from last Sunday night against the Mets, and Monday night against the Phillies, and then, of course, the games that actually count, from opening day on Thursday when the Yanks kicked off their three-game series against the defending champion Washington Nationals, and last night's game. And obviously, with the game going on today, right now, as I record, nothing's really happening yet it's just the third inning and it's scoreless so far. Luizica seems to be doing good, but I'll keep on doing updates every now and again throughout this recording. But as far as today's game is concerned, they're in the third inning right now, and Luizica's looking really good today. He's probably only going to go the three innings because if I'm not mistaken, I think he has a 50 pitch limit, I believe. So he'll probably go three innings, give or take, or maybe three innings exactly. But his stuff is looking good today, and hopefully he can finish with three scoreless innings and then hand it off to the bullpen from there. But again, let's get right into Yankees news right now, and then we'll get to our weekly recap of the games from this past week. And with games being played on Sunday and Monday from last week, nothing really much happened news-wise those days, but on Tuesday, Masahiro Tanaka, who we know is working his way back from the mild concussion and as we know he did get that concussion from practice when he was facing Giancarlo Stanton and Stanton hit a 112 mile an hour screamer right at Tanaka's head and somehow Tanaka only walked away with a mild concussion thank god he did but somehow that's all he walked away with because god forbid if a hit that hard hits someone in the right spot in the head I don't even need to say it. You know what could happen. God forbid. But Tanaka is still recovering from that mild concussion and is working to get back. And on Tuesday, five days ago, he did another throwing program and faced live hitters for the first time since the line drive to the head happened. So another step in coming back. Definitely some good news that he faced live hitters for the first time again five days ago on Tuesday. And after that, it was said that he could possibly be ready for the regular season by July 31st against Boston which obviously is in just a few days from now if his throwing programs continue to go well He's also throwing a sim game today in Scranton, so he continues to work his way back And hopefully, we do in fact see him again by the end of this coming week. That'd be really, really great. But also on Tuesday, the Yankees announced a lot of roster moves since they had begun to put their official opening day 30-man roster together. And of course, that means they had to choose who to option to their alternate site and who to put on the main 30-man roster. And they also had to decide who to select for the 40-man roster as well. And for those who don't know, their alternate site basically serves as a place that the remaining players in the 60-player pool go to, so they could still get their work in since the minor league season was canceled a while back, as we know. Thanks for that, COVID. And, well, without the minor league season, the players still have to get their work in somehow. So they're sent to this site, the alternate site, if they don't make the main rosters. But if, at any point, they are needed, the Yankees would add them to the main roster, at which point they'd report with the team. Otherwise, they'll remain at the alternate site with the rest of the players who are not on the main roster, but are part of the big 60-player pool that was put into place for each organization because of this crazy season. So this was the news that came out on Tuesday alongside the Tanaka news. And here were the moves the Yanks made five days ago on Tuesday to begin formulating their roster. The Yankees announced on their social media that they signed left-handed pitcher Luis Avilan, he's a bullpen guy, right-hander David Hale, also a bullpen guy, and Chris Iannetta, backup catcher, to major league contracts and selected them to the 40-man roster. They also placed right-handed pitcher Dan Otero on the restricted list. And additionally, they reassigned a lot of players to their alternate site. They reassigned Matt Duffy, Estevan Florial, Davey Garcia, Zach Granite, Eric Kratz, Brooks Krisky. Tyler Lyons, Nick Nelson, Clark Schmidt, Nick Trapiano, Miguel Yajure, and Tony Zick. I even rolled the R a little bit on Miguel's name. (laughs) But most notably, they also optioned Jordan Montgomery. And I, and many others in the Yankees community at first, were all very baffled. And we also noticed that Michael King made the roster over Montgomery. And not that anybody has a problem with Michael King. Nobody does, especially not me. I was massively talking him up the last couple of weeks. But I was like, okay, if they chose Michael King over Jordan Montgomery, I've got to disagree with that because we know Montgomery is fully healthy from his Tommy John surgery at this point. And we all know that although Michael King is major league ready, I feel... Jordan Montgomery's been major league ready for years now and he gets that opportunity over King for sure or at least he should so if they chose Michael King over Montgomery just based off talent or who deserves it more I gotta disagree with that but I had a feeling somewhere in the back of my head that there was more reasoning for it and sure enough Sweeney Murdy he's a Yankees beat reporter for those of you who don't know him shortly thereafter did put out a tweet explaining the Yankees reasoning and it did make sense they basically did it to clear up another roster spot for another bullpen arm and they said they probably wouldn't need Jordan Montgomery to start until a few games into the season, which at this point should be in the coming days. And of course, there's also the fact that throughout this really crazy and bizarre season like we've never seen before, there are going to be a lot of shifts in the roster according to what teams need because of these extremely unique and different circumstances throughout this whole year. Normalcy is out the window. That's why at the start of this, I was thinking in the back of my head, maybe there's just another reason for this. And sure enough, there was. They wanted to reinforce their bullpen a little bit more with one extra roster spot, so you should be expecting Jordan Montgomery to be called back within the coming days. And of course, you all know how much I love Jordan Montgomery, so I cannot wait to see him back. And I'm glad we don't have to go that long without seeing him, but even Sweeney Murdy reinforced the fact that we will be seeing Jordan Montgomery before long. They just didn't really need that other starter right away, so they thought to option him to open up an extra roster spot for the bullpen just to start the season, and then when they need him, he'll be called back from the alternate site, and he'll probably be sticking around from there. So that definitely made sense, and as I said in general, we're going to be seeing a lot of roster movements throughout the rest of this season, especially when the rosters shrink from 30 to 28, and then to 26 in the coming weeks, according to teams' needs, just the unique circumstances from the season, if anybody gets hurt, or comes down with COVID. I mean, listen, as you can hear, there are a lot of unique circumstances for this season, as you can imagine. So, for all these reasons, you could probably expect to see a lot of roster moves that may make you scratch your head for a second, but they probably make sense. And if they don't, well, thanks to COVID, all normalcy is out the window in the first place, so... That's that. Moral of the story, we'll probably be seeing Jordan Montgomery again in the next few days. But those are the roster moves they made on Tuesday. As far as Wednesday was concerned, nothing in Yankees news happened on Wednesday, and in fact, that day was majorly dominated by the news that came out of Los Angeles. The news that Mookie Betts signed a 12-year extension with the Los Angeles Dodgers worth $365 million, dealing a deadly blow to those theories by Red Sox fans saying that, oh, Mookie will come back. Well, that basically sinks that ship. A 12-year extension worth 365 million million dollars. Just wow. So that news majorly dominated Wednesday. As far as Thursday's concerned, obviously, we know that Thursday was opening day. And of course, we'll get to all of the action that took place on opening day when we get to the weekly recap segment, when we recap every Yankee game from this past week. But for now, when it comes to news on Thursday, the Yankees did release their official 30-man roster to start the season. And as we've already said in past episodes, and we also said it earlier, we discussed how the rosters will be all season, how they'll be shrinking down from a 30-man roster like it is now to a 28-man roster in the coming weeks, and then a couple of weeks after it shrinks to 28, it'll shrink to a 26-man roster for the remainder of the year. We've been over all of this already. So here was the Yankees' official 30-man roster going into opening day. We have Miguel Andujar, Luis Avilan, Zach Britton, Garrett Cole, Thyro Estrada, Mike Ford, Clint Frazier. Brett Gardner, Chad Green, David Hale, Jay Happ, Ben Heller, Aaron Hicks, Kyle Higashioka, Jonathan Holder, Chris Iannetta, Aaron Judge, Tommy Canely, Michael King, DJ LeMayhew, Jonathan Loisica, Adam Ottavino, James Paxton, Gary Sanchez, Giancarlo Stanton, Mike Talkman, Glaber Torres, Gio Urshela. Luke Voigt, and last but not least, Tyler Wade. And of those 30 names, you'll find out what I'm talking about momentarily when we get to Yankees news from last night on Saturday after the Yankees and Nationals game. But as of last night, two of those names on that 30-man roster have since changed since this 30-man roster that was released on opening day. But that was the Yankees' 30-man roster going into opening day on Thursday, When it comes to Friday's news, the Yankees actually made a signing. And it was just a minor league contract, but hey, it's something still. But the Yankees did sign left-handed pitcher Fernando Abad. They added him to their 60-player pool and they assigned him to their alternate training site. So he'll work with the remainder of the players who are not on either of the rosters, the 30-man or the 40-man, over at the alternate training site. And like the remainder of the players who are at the alternate training site in the 60-player pool, if the Yankees need him at any point, they'll call on him. But Abad actually did attend spring training with the Nationals, ironically, who the Yankees opened up the season against, but he did attend spring training with the Nationals as he had a non-roster invite. But the Nationals did cut him loose, they released him, and the Yankees grabbed him on this minor league deal. And now he's a part of the Yankees' 60-player pool. He's 34 years old, and he's bounced around a lot. He's been with the Astros, the Nationals, the A's, the Twins, the Red Sox, the Giants, and then the Nats again before they cut him loose, as I said earlier. All as a bullpen guy. And now the Yankees have signed him to this minor league deal. So we'll see if he has a role with them this year, if they need any bullpen help before the season ends. And again, since we can expect to see constant moves being made Made with the roster in this crazy never-before-seen season, we could very well see him, who knows. And then lastly for Yankees news, before we recap this past week's Yankee games, last night the Yankees, as I said earlier, announced more roster moves, so they did change the 30-man roster a little bit from the 30-man roster for opening day that I just read out to you before. And these roster moves included that they were optioning Clint Frazier and Ben Heller to their alternate site, and they planned on recalling pitchers Brooks Krisky and Nick Nelson. Now, obviously, the big name here is Clint Fraser. No one's hiding that. And I know we could definitely see him back eventually, especially if outfield help is needed or designated hitter or if someone gets hurt, if there's an open roster spot. I don't know. Anything can happen in this crazy season, but I'm seriously not sure what the deal is with Clint Frazier. I know it was a small sample size since baseball returned, and it was just an exhibition action, but Clint really looked good these last few weeks. And as we were saying, he seemed to do some maturing too, which is a big deal. But the issue with him has remained the same for quite some years now. Is his career being wasted with the Yankees since it just seems there really isn't a consistent role for him? And I know that a good chunk of the reasoning for that was because it was often difficult to place him in the outfield because of his poor defensive capabilities. But you can't deny that bat can't go to waste. And especially if he's also truly matured. I don't know. A lot of people constantly throw around that if there is a team that really needs him, and visibly more so than the Yankees do, maybe the Yankees should get rid of him if they really need him that little. Maybe he's better off somewhere else. And a lot of the time, I find it difficult to disagree with that crowd. If there truly is no consistent role for him here, but there are other teams that could really use his bat especially, maybe he's better off. But for now, Clint has again been optioned. So he'll be at the Yankees alternate site, at least for now, getting his work in. But tell me what you think. After all these years, since he was traded here from Cleveland on July 31st, back in 2016, and has struggled to find a consistent role with the Yanks, is Clint Frazier better off somewhere else? Or should the Yankees hold on to him at the potential cost of him continuing to miss what could be many more major league at-bats with another organization who could possibly use him more? because you don't want to waste true talent from somebody who's in their prime or transitioning towards their prime. So this has been a hot topic with Clint Frazier. And if you're listening on YouTube, let me know what you think in the comments. And if you're listening on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, hit me up on social media and let me know what you think. You know the deal. You can find me on Facebook, my fan page, at Mike Scudero NY, on Twitter, at Mike Scudero, and on Instagram at Mike scuds 97 Tell me what you think, what should the Yankees do with Clint Frazier moving forward? Should they keep him here and potentially waste his career more, since there still doesn't seem to be a consistent role for him on this team? Or if there's another team that could put his talents to much better use than the Yankees can, should the Yankees get rid of him? Tell me what you think. But in any event, guys, that is all from this past week's Yankees news. And before we end today, what do you say we recap this past week's Yankee games, starting with the two final exhibition games last Sunday and Monday. As well as opening day on Thursday, of course. Duh. And last night's game, too, obviously. And when it comes to today's game, today's game obviously isn't over yet at the time that I'm recording right now. And the Yankees are actually losing 2-0 right now. So Jonathan Luizaga could not get through that third inning fully without going scoreless. He gave up a solo shot to Trey Turner. And as unfortunate as that is, it was still a good start. Three innings, one run ball on one mistake. He still looked good, Luizaga, I thought. And then David Hale came in after that, gave up a run himself. So the Yankees are down 2-0 right now. They're back. Bats look pretty dead against Patrick Corbin so far. And this game honestly seems to be zooming right by. It must be because of how quiet the Yankees offense is, but it's going really quick. So I hope the bats wake up. And as far as pitching is concerned, this game is now in the hands of the bullpen, obviously. But they're only down 2-0. They just got to get some runs on the board. The bats need to wake up. So when it comes to this game, before I end today, I'll just be giving you an update on my behalf on what the score is at the time I finish recording. And obviously when this episode comes out in a few hours, the game will probably be over for a couple of hours at that point, of course. So again, I'll just tell you what the score is at the time I finish recording. And if anything big happens to take place before I finish recording with the Yankees bats, if they happen to wake up at some point and make this a more competitive game, they're only down 2 to nothing right now, so it's not like it's not competitive. But it feels like a much bigger deficit because of how quiet the bats are. But if anything happens offensively before I finish recording, you'll probably hear the live reaction to it anyway, so we'll see what happens. But in any event, when it comes to the score when I'm done recording, I'll just tell you what the score is at the time I finish. But let's get to our Yankees weekly recap segment. We'll begin by jumping back to last Sunday night when the Yankees faced the Mets for the second night in a row, but this time at Yankee Stadium, and as we recapped last Sunday, the Yankees had defeated the Mets in City Field the night before... Saturday night, and then this game on Sunday hadn't started yet since it was a night game when I was recording last Sunday, and I was long done recording by the time it had started. I had given you the lineup for the game, though, but we won't spend too much time at all on these exhibitions because, obviously, the season has since begun, and we want to get to recapping regular season games that actually count. So, on Sunday, it was a home run derby for the Yankees against the Mets, and they would defeat the Mets for the second night in a row, again after beating them the night prior in City Field, but the Yankees won six to nothing on Sunday on five. Home runs. As I said, a home run derby. Two by Judge, one by Voigt, and two more bombs, one by Gary Sanchez and the other by Giancarlo Stanton, who, as we established before, and you'll be hearing again momentarily once we get to the regular season portion of the recap, is having a killer start to the season. And then Monday came around, and the Yankees and Phillies would play their exhibition game at Yankee Stadium. It would be the final exhibition game of Summer Camp for the Yankees, and the game would end in a two to two tie. Which which is made even more odd because one of those runs came on an Aaron Judge solo shot after there were already three outs in the inning that he hit the home run in. Long story short, Phillies manager and obviously former Yankees manager Joe Girardi said his starting pitcher Velasquez just didn't hit his pitch total that Girardi wanted him to hit. So after there were three outs in his final inning of work, and he hadn't hit the pitch count desired yet, Girardi said, eh, whatever, let him face one more batter, even though there are already three outs. And that one more batter was Judge, and Judge took him way deep to right center. Bizarre, I know. But it's just an exhibition all about getting the work in. And besides, come on, it's 2020. Everything this year has been freaking crazy. And the second Yankees' run came on a pinch-hit Mike Ford solo shot... Because why not? Mike Ford is Mr. Clutch when pinch hitting in the ninth. We know this. That's nothing new. Nothing has changed there. And Davy Garcia also started the game, and he didn't really have good control at all. But hey, as I've said in the past, we know the potential is there for this kid. Even though guys like Clark Schmidt and Michael King are ahead of him, but the potential is there for Davy Garcia. He's still just 21 years old. That's two years younger than me. And he's got plenty of time left to develop. He'll be absolutely fine. But he did have a rough outing in the final exhibition game on Monday. Oh, and we also saw DD in that game as a Philly. So we had to see Didi in another uniform. And he actually did score the first run for the Phillies that night. That stunk to see him in a Phillies uniform. But what are you going to do? Tuesday, of course, the boys were off. They were off on Wednesday as well. And besides, as I said earlier during the Yankees news portion of the show, Wednesday was mainly centered around Mookie signing his 12-year extension with the Dodgers. And then Thursday came around, and Thursday was the big day. Opening day, what we had been waiting months for, has finally arrived. The New York Yankees against the defending champion Washington Nationals in the nation's capital, Washington, D.C. Garrett Cole against Max Scherzer. And really quick before we get to that, there was one thing that was announced prior to opening day starting. And this was the one thing that I mentioned earlier in the show that we thought was done with, but then it just reared its head again out of nowhere a couple of days before opening day, and then it was made official on opening day. It's really bizarre. And the concept I'm talking about is expanded playoffs. We all know that throughout the return to play proposals, one aspect of many of those proposals was that the league proposed for 16 teams instead of the standard 10 throughout baseball to go to the playoffs. So expanding the playoffs, allowing more teams in. And I'm not going to waste my time again telling you why I don't like it because we've already spent plenty of time on this show explaining why I don't like the expanded playoffs idea. I don't like the thought of Major League Baseball turning into the NBA with eight seeds and the bottom seed barely finishing with a 500 record but at the same time i did say if there was a season to experiment with anything whether it be this or the universal dh of course because of how crazy and bizarre this season already is this is probably the season to test this sort of a thing and the fact that this is so far only for the 2020 season i guess i could live with it but obviously i'm still not that big of a fan of it whatsoever but the idea was brought back up again, just a couple of days before opening day. And I thought we were done with this expanded playoffs thing. I thought they abandoned this after the two sides didn't agree on the final return to play proposal. I vividly remember Commissioner Manfred coming out and shocker, went back on his word again. What a surprise. I vividly remember him coming out and saying, more or less, that expanded playoffs are not happening because the two sides could not reach an agreement on return-to-play proposals. And then, of course, after that, the season was enforced. We remember how that went down. The expanded playoffs were only included in the final return-to-play proposal, which, again, was not agreed upon. It was not included in the enforcement of the season. But I thought after he said that that we were done with the idea of expanded playoffs. And then just a few days ago, it comes up again out of nowhere, and then it's unanimously approved. So I guess that's just back now. So it was unanimously approved. And now we have expanded playoffs for this season only. So far, keyword being so far, all first and second place teams go in as well as the next two teams with the best records after that. So again, I guess I could live with it just being for this season, because again, this season is already crazy and more unique than any season we've ever seen before, so if it's just for this year, I guess I could live with it. If there's a year to test things out, it is this year, I'll admit that again. But for future seasons, especially for a sport like baseball, when in a normal season it's a 162-game marathon, I'm really not up for seeing the regular season being rendered even a little bit meaningless. By having a team that's barely winning 80 games if this season were normal, but if this were to happen again for next year, if the season were to return to its normal 162-game marathon, I wouldn't want to see that happen with a team that wins 79 games, for instance, just barely getting the second wild card and making it to the playoffs. And I know a lot of smaller market teams might like this, and I might just be an arrogant Yankee fan saying this, I know, I've heard it all before even though I've already also heard a lot of fans of smaller market teams agreeing with me. But there's already enough effort and enough time that goes into a regular 162-game season to begin with, and you don't need longer playoffs and more teams in the playoffs after that long of a season, that much time and effort put in. What's the purpose of having that many games at that point? And it may just be having organizations accept mediocrity a little bit more because they say, oh, if we win 81, 82 games now, barely finish at 500, well, we could grab a wild card. Just keep it at the 10 for future years. And again, I've already spoken about this today more than I even wanted to, but it at least had to be addressed. If they want to do it this year in a year that's already crazy and hectic and unique and never seen before, then fine, go for it. I'm not a fan of it, but... Whatever. I can stomach it and understand it for a 60-game season more than I can a 162-game season. So just let it be for this year, please, and then go back to the standard 10. 10 teams on each side is more than enough. 16 is too much. That's more than half the league. But really, it just surprised me more than anything to see it resurface after I really thought we were done with it. After they said, oh, it's not going to happen for this year. It's just going to be the regular 10 after the two sides couldn't agree on that final return to play proposal. And then it's brought up again out of nowhere. And then just unanimously approved in like a day and a half. And now all of a sudden, it's a thing again. It's just... (laughs) This year has just been so crazy. But yeah, so as of Thursday, we have expanded playoffs again. Yay. Whatever. So let's get right to Thursday with opening day, the things that actually somebody wants to talk about. At least I know I want to talk about it. And guess what? The Yankees would kick off the season with a victory. They won 4-1 to one over the Nationals. And although the game wasn't a full nine innings thanks to the rain, it was still a really fun game. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching Cole go five innings, which I suppose, since the game ended in the top of the sixth, I suppose the five innings for Cole is a complete game. <laughs> I suppose... But in all seriousness, it was fun to watch. Max Scherzer against Garrett Cole in Washington, Yankees against the defending champions. Of course, it was also just amazing to have baseball back in of itself in general, and it was a really fun time despite it just being six innings and being cut short because of the rain. But we'll go through some of the scoring plays here. Giancarlo Stanton, first off, he kicked off the scoring in the top of the first right away, and this is just what I was talking about earlier when I was discussing how Stanton was having a killer start to the season, but he kicked the off right away off of Max Scherzer in the top of the first inning on opening day by hitting a 459 foot bomb to left center field off of Max Scherzer, one of the game's best pitchers. And that got me hyped right away. The second it came off his bat, I was out of my chair. I was screaming. I was just so hyped up. Then the bottom of the first came around, and Cole gave up his one and only mistake that night to Adam Eaton. And Eaton would hit a solo shot to right center field to make it 2-1. to one. And that would be the only blemish in five innings from Garrett Cole. And in the top of the third, the Yankees would answer right back. In the top of the third, a couple of innings later, he would hit an RBI double, driving in Tyler Wade to drive in the third run and make it 3-1 to one Yankees. And then again in the top of the fifth, Giancarlo Stanton would hit an RBI single, stroking the ball the other way to right field very nicely and driving home Gio Urshela to make it 4-1. to one. And then in the top of the sixth, of course, with runners on the corners and one out, Tyler Wade at the plate, the weather would come in and literally rain on everybody's parade. The rain started pouring down in buckets and the game would never resume And it was made official in the top of the sixth. The Yankees defeated the Nationals 4-1 to start the season. And how about that? Garrett Cole having himself a fine line through five innings, only allowing one hit, one run, one walk, and striking out five. And Judge and Stanton, two guys who would not have been in the lineup with the original opening day date of March 26th, were responsible for all four of the runs that came across. So the Yankees would grab that victory on opening day and start the season off right. Then the Yankees were off on Friday, and then yesterday came an ugly game. Yep. Yesterday in game two, unfortunately, it was really, really ugly. And wait, 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 wait. Something's happening in the Yankee game. Glaber Torres, baby. Yes! Glaber just went deep. Oh, so hyped. (laughs) So Glaber just made it a two-to-one game in today's game. Finally, something happened with the offense. Finally. Oh my god, that took a while. so Glaber on a solo shot makes it two to one come on guys come back wake up (laughs) alright back to Saturday's game let's review this really quick so the Yankees would lose nine to two James Paxton started the game and he really just didn't have anything fastball did not look good and his breaking stuff was either really non-competitive, just like way out of the strike zone, not enticing to any hitter, or he hung it right down the plate. But Paxton did not have his stuff. He only went one inning plus. He was taken out in the second inning without recording an out. And as far as the scoring plays in the bottom of the second, that was when they started to pile on right away. Victor Robles hit a two-run double. Trey Turner drove in a run by grounding into a double play. But then the top of the third, the Yankees started to show some life. They scored a run, making it 3-1 to on a DJ LeMayhew RBI single who returned to the lineup for the first time this year in just the second game, so it was great seeing DJ come back so soon. We knew he would be ready near opening day, but it was good to see him as early as game two. But he got the Yankees on the board with an RBI single in the top of the third, and then in the top of the fourth, John Carlos Stanton again with an even bigger home run than on opening day, 483 feet. You just know it right off the bat. It was a nuke. So then he made it three to two because that was a solo shot. So now it's a really close game, but then things went spiraling from here. In the bottom of the fourth, Victor Robles hit a two-run shot, making it 5-2. Howie Kendrick hit an RBI double to make it 6-2. As Dribble Cabrera hit an RBI double, making it 7-2. Then Cabrera hit a solo shot to right center to make it 8-2. And then Michael A. Taylor hit a solo shot to left center field to make it 9-2. And that would be the final score. Really ugly game. And obviously, you just hope to go into the next day, which is today, and just take the rubber game and leave Washington having won two out of three. And in today's game, Jonathan Lewisica took on the National Star Pitcher Patrick Corbin, and the big moments in today's game so far consist of Trey Turner hitting a solo shot in the bottom of the third. That was just before Luizica finished before, as I said. Then Eric Thames hit an RBI single driving in Starlin Castro to make it 2-0. And before Gleyber Torres hit his solo shot that I just went nuts about before, the bats had just been really, really dead. But right now, Luke Voigt's up. Let's hope he does something before the inning ends. We'll see what happens with that. But the game is only a one-run game right now. It's really, really close. So now that we've caught you up, before we end here, let us go through the next two weeks of action. I'll just give you the games the Yankees have until I talk to you again in two weeks on August 9th, because again, we're not going to have yapping Yankees next weekend on Sunday, August 2nd. But tomorrow night, the Yankees will head to Philadelphia to play the Phillies at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern. They'll play them once more in Philadelphia on Tuesday night at 6 o'clock Eastern. Then they'll come home to Yankee Stadium for two more against the Phillies. On Wednesday, that'll be at 7 p.m. Eastern. And on Thursday, it'll also be at 7 p.m. Eastern. And on Friday, they'll kick off a three-game weekend series against the Red Sox. On Friday night, the game is at 7 p.m. Eastern. On Saturday, it's at 7 as well. And on Sunday, it is also at 7. So all three games against the the Red Sox at seven o'clock next weekend. And those games will be played in an empty Yankee stadium, obviously. Then on the third, the Yankees will kick off what will be a three-game series against the Orioles in Baltimore. On Monday, they'll be playing them at 7.35 p.m. Eastern. And on two... Wait, 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 wait. Luke Voigt. Luke Voigt, baby. Luke Voigt, baby. Look at my boy Luke tying the game at two. Oh my God, what a great thing to happen at the end of my recording. Oh my God, the timing. The Yankees must know what I'm doing right now. (laughs) That is so freaking awesome. Luke just tied the game. I'm hyped up now, guys. I am amped. So we're tied up at two in the seventh. I can't believe it's the seventh inning already, but this game is just zoomed by. Because before this inning, before the Yankees just decided to wake their bats up, I guess, the bats have been dead and the innings have just been flying by. Even the Nationals didn't do that much scoring up to this point, they just had two runs on the board themselves. But now that Luke Voigt has come through in the clutch, hitting a home run to left field, the game is tied at two. And I just have one thing to say Luke! Oh my goodness. (laughs) That was awesome. Wow. How about that, guys? Where the hell was I? (laughs) I think I was on Tuesday, August 4th, I think. Yeah, let's just take from Tuesday, August 4th. I hope that's where I was, but on Tuesday, August 4th, the Yankees have their second game against the Orioles at 730, and then on Wednesday, August 5th, they'll finish off their three-game series against the Orioles in Baltimore, again at 730. Then on Thursday, they will begin what will be a four-game series against the Tampa Bay Rays at Tropicana Field. The first game on Thursday is at 640. The second game on Friday is at 640. The third game on Saturday is also at 640, and the fourth game on Sunday, when I will speak to you next on August 9th will be played at 1.10. So that's what's ahead until I talk to you next time guys and with that being said that is all for today's episode of Yapping Yankees episode 57 and I gotta end the show when today's game is in a tie. Oh my god. I hope they win. I really do. You guys listening in the future already know the end result but right now while I'm recording I do not. But if the Yankees happen to win or if they happen to lose you'll probably see my reaction to it on Twitter while I'm editing so you'll see it. But I got to end the show right now with them in a tie. Wow. What a reaction you guys got to catch there at the end of my recording. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) That's really cool. But let's give our one last shout-out to Team Left Jab and Grunt Talks MLB. Team Left Jab features Team Left Jab Uncensored and the Team Left Jab United Radio Network. Go follow Team Left Jab on all social media platforms at Team Left Jab and check out their great sports content across anywhere that you find podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Blog Talk Radio, iHeart, you name it, the list goes on. Be sure to check out Team Left Jab, guys. And our other shout-out goes to Grunt Talks MLB. Visit their website, Grunt. I TalksMLB.com to see all of their baseball content and where they feature yapping Yankees. Also follow the man behind the website on Twitter, Darren at YankeeReport28. Special thanks to Grunt Talks MLB and Team Left Jeb for helping spread the word every week about yapping Yankees. And also guys, just for the sake of keeping up with me on social media and also spreading the word on there, of course, please do not forget to follow me on all social media platforms. You could find my Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero NY. You could find me on Twitter at Mike Scudero and on Instagram at Mike Scuds97. I do hope you SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify listeners enjoyed as always, as well as you YouTubers out there. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button on the Yapping Yankees YouTube channel, and also subscribe and listen to Yapping Yankees on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And while you're at it, do yourself a favor and listen back to the past Yapping Yankees episodes that you may have missed. Episodes 34 up to this one, episode 57, are available on YouTube, and all Yapping Yankees episodes including today's are available on SoundCloud Apple Podcasts and Spotify once again thank you 3000 for listening I'm Mike Scudero and again I'll talk to you in two weeks August 9th when I come at you with episode 58 of yapping yankees until then guys hang in there be patient please stay safe out there and look out for your loved ones i'm gonna miss you next sunday but do stay tuned to my social medias as always and of course do continue to enjoy 2020 regular season baseball have a good one guys take care